welcome to uh, the mezzanine for I Will Give You Rest, Reflections on the Sabbath. Uh, we spent the past four weeks uh, in this sermon series, and now on this fifth week, we just like to take some time to rest and assimilate everything that we've been thinking about. So uh, thanks for all for being here. Glad we could have brunch together. Uh, it's, it's an intimate group, but I have to say it just feels great to... Uh, be in conversation with friends. So this is typically something that we do four or five times a year at the end of every sermon series. We deliberately take a step back and we don't jump into the next thing. We just take it easy and we try to absorb and uh, reflect on where we've, where we've been. So that's what we'll be doing this morning. Today we have uh, Mark and Mara Chu with us. Uh, they've been a part of Trinity Heights for several years now. And uh, you might know them better as Mia's parents, or more recently, Philip's parents. Uh, so Mark and Mara, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Yeah. And of course, Stephen. Uh, so Stephen, <laughs> uh, this Sabbath series was kind of a brainchild of Stephen. Uh, he writes uh, most of our sermon series. And... Uh, you know, just on behalf of, of everyone, I just wanted to say thanks for kind of spearheading this. It's been a great series for, for me and I know a lot of people because um, I think post-COVID there's been this incredible rush uh, to kind of be back or be present and a lot of people are tired and I think just taking a moment to breathe and rest in Sabbath has been really, really good. So appreciate yeah, and, it. And I, feel, I feel a lot of people have, have felt that. And, mm. um, and, I, and I think it's just, it is, as we've been saying throughout the series, it's very true. We just live in this culture where there is this constant demand to be on, to be productive, to mm. be efficient, to be effective, and, and all the time. And there, there just aren't many mechanisms within our own particular culture, especially when you compare it to other cultures, that will naturally push back against that demand to be on, right, and to be efficient and effective. Um, but but I, I think it's, it's just been really important. Not, I, I always think it's really important not to just tell people, you should rest or you, sh you should, you know, you really ought to yeah. uh, do this and take this time off or whatever. Um, but I think it's more important to give people a theological vision, you know, uh, that will compel them to live that way. So in other words, it's, it's, it's very different, isn't it, to say to someone, you should, you ought to do this, mm. as opposed to, well, let me tell you a story. And when you live in this story and immerse yourself in this story for long enough, you, you'll just find yourself naturally living in this direction anyway. Yeah. Um, and, and so what, we've, what we try to do in this series is, is to hear Jesus' invitation, go from there to uh, the, the, the foundational Sabbath story, mm. um, and, which is the creation story, and then, and then look at a psalm each week, because the psalms are very, very good at reflecting on on the, the creation story and bringing out aspects of that, and then from there back to Jesus. So from Jesus to the creation story, to the Psalms, and back to Jesus again. And, uh, and I think that that's hopefully immersed us in Jesus' own literature and mm -hmm. Jesus' own world, mm -hmm. enough for us to, when we hear Jesus finally say, come to me and I will give you rest, it might actually have some meaning. You know, yeah, so, yeah. So, so, well, I'm so. always amazed at how much uh, of the Sabbath is actually embedded in that original creation story. Uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of mind-boggling when you think about uh, the universe uh, coming into existence and then right there at the heart of it you have Sabbath embedded. Uh, on, you know, God himself rests on, on the seventh day. And we talk kind of about the, the more subtle meanings of, of, of what that might mean in the inauguration of a temple. Um, but we'll get to that. 
but I think also we, we talked about uh, what it might look like to embrace delight, presence, justice, and of course the freedom that comes from understanding and accepting our human limits. And <laughs> sure. Um, well, Mark and Mark uh, in a second, but I've been really encouraged by our discussions more recently about how you've embraced Sabbath for yourselves uh, as a family, and uh, as as we've done for ourselves more recently, and I think maybe right around the same time, actually. Um, so I'm curious to hear how you and Mara and the kids have, have pressed into Sabbath and kind of experienced these, uh, these ideas of delight, presence, limit, human limits, and, and things like that. So, yeah. So feel free to respond. Uh, uh, actually, first of all, we don't, I don't want to jump the gun. So. I actually want to hear how it was before you started embracing uh, the Sabbath. Before, before they started embracing the Sabbath. So they've actually, anyway, I'll let you guys well, I feel take like it from here. we yeah. just had a perfect illustration of my life <laughs> um, <laughs> prior and during um, Sabbath. And just, yeah, life with, I think, young children um, has been something Mark and I have been grappling with since they came into our lives. And um, Mia turned, I uh, was turning, uh, she was one and a half, I think, when COVID started. And so I think even before COVID, I was grappling with just my whole life's daily priorities changing. I now had my own, I would say Mark and I are both kind of ambitious in our own ways with our work. Um, and I had to sort of figure out what now what that now looks like, and you know, wanting to invest in my children and sort of hit new levels, I think, of exhaustion. Um, you know, within two hours of Mia entering my life, I think. <laughs> um, so I, I think that's been that that was where we were coming from um, when we started having this these discussions, like. Mia was born, and we were like, oh, my goodness, this is a lot. And then COVID hit, and we're like, oh, my goodness, this is a lot. Then I got pregnant. Then we were like, oh, no, like, <laughs> we already have no capacity. And then Philip came, and it just has been another good thing, but hard. Good and hard, I think, has been so And we both have continued working, so it's um, just been just it's been a dance <laughs> that's sometimes graceful, sometimes really not. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, I'd back up all the way to like first job out of college and then being <clears throat> in investment banking, having a BlackBerry, always being at the beck and call of, you know, my senior managing director um, and, you know, they always being kind of at the beck, beck and call of clients, right? And so, um, you know, that was the, like my very first experience uh, in the professional world was one where like I was at any moment uh, in time uh, potentially going to need to be called like into the office at like any time of day, any day of week. Um, and so that sort of set a 
precedent for, I think, a like unhealthy sort of balance uh, or a, a lack of boundaries between personal and professional. And then subsequently, um, you know, particularly in the, in the course of the past kind of seven, eight years have been in the startup world, uh, very kind of high intensity growth kind of companies and, you know, roles requiring you to always be doing something because you can't, you know, coast in the way that you might do at a bigger company. It's, it's kind of always a lot of pressure, always a lot of uh, kind of things to do and not enough people to do them. Um, and so I think for me, the context is, is very much, you know, sort of pre-Sabbath is just like, all, like always being on, always doing stuff. Um, never feeling like there's enough time to to do everything, uh, and then also I think on top of that, just being the type of you know person having the personality where um, I feel like I'm always um, like picking up after people, mm-hmm. and you know it, it like me whether in like a, uh, a corporate environment or otherwise like always being like the person who's like the fixer, mm-hmm. um, and so you know I think. One of the challenges of um, you know the Sabbath is to sort of realize yeah your limits right and, and that you're not kind of essential to and you know that the world will be okay even if you take a break and then <clears throat> I think for me part of the resistance to Sabbath is like well things aren't going to be okay like things do rest on my shoulders yeah. like these are the things that I'm responsible for and if I don't do them then like things will fall apart and they do fall apart. And so like for me, like that's like the justification of like, well, like that's the reason I have to, like I, I can never turn off, I can never, and, and I think it's a very exhausting kind of life to live. Um, and in the beginning of COVID, I think it, it was, you know, in like April, May of 2020, it was very much an opportunity in some ways to uh, kind of like revert back to like, like a much simpler way of living, right? Like everything was like hyper-local at the time. Like people like didn't get on the subways, right? Um, you know, you spend like all of your time like with your family, you know, people like were not going anywhere basically. And I think for us, like there was something that actually was very refreshing about that period. And then that was when we also read a book called um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which I know you've read as well. Yeah. And you know, I think for me at least, like that was the first point in time I remember us like talking about Sabbath and you know, there was sort of like a challenge to live out a Sabbath. But I think at that point in time, I was still like very resistant. And I think Mar sort of like g- gave up on trying to kind of us doing this until, you know, I, I guess it was the, the end of last year. And then um, I forget exactly what even was the impetus specifically um, around that time. But I, I think that there was kind of some things like coming out of um, our uh, kind of trip back to, to visit my folks um, over the holidays that kind of then led to us deciding basically at the beginning of the year to to, to try and do this. And I think, um, you know, for me, getting to the place where, like, I think not just, like, intellectually, like, oh, like, this makes sense, but, like, oh, yeah, I think this is, like, really needed. And a lot of the, you know, conflicts and challenges and kind of tiredness and whatever that we're feeling in life right now. Um, it's almost a you know, feeling like, actually, you know, as we think about it, like maybe Sabbath is a thing that could, is like, you know, uh, like, I don't know, like killing like five birds with one stone <laughs> kind of thing or uh, something along those lines. Um, and I think that was kind of what finally gave 
me at least the impetus to get back tomorrow and be like, hey, I think I'm ready to try this. Um, so, yeah. Uh, to that point, so in most of my career uh, as a ghost painter, I've identified as a fixer as well. Uh, and I've just told people, yeah, if something goes wrong or it's on my shoulders, I have to take care of this. And so a lot of times that meant at the end of every day fixing whatever problems had, had, had been there. And I even remember all the way back in college, and, and just you, you, you see how the um, how these things are rooted in in way back in the past. But I, I I couldn't even walk at a normal pace. I would have to run everywhere, even if I wasn't late. I would just run because I felt this urgency or this burden to to be really available for anyone and everyone, and and that kind of fed into my uh, my career here in New York as an artist. And that's just unsustainable. I mean, it's, I, I just, deep levels of exhaustion begin to, to, to set in. And um, since we've adopted Sabbath uh, in January, after reading that, that same book, and kind of started to understand what, as a family, it might look like to rest together and just sort of slow down. Uh, because for 10 years, it felt like we were fast-forwarding through our lives. And it seemed like our kids were growing up in front of us, like, you know, like, Kind of like a weird, too quickly. Um, so I, I think we immediately began to see some effects. Uh, I know for myself, I just started reading books again. Uh, I was I had the ability to to sort of slow down and just kind of make it through a, a book, and that had kind of gone out the window years before. Um, I I feel like I'm be able I'm able to be more present uh, in conversations with friends and just really give them my full attention and that I don't think had had existed for me. So it's interesting when we do choose deliberately to kind of accept Jesus's invitation to Sabbath. It does begin to change us at our very core, albeit slowly. But you really do see those actual changes uh, over time. Uh, have you felt that in your own lives? Have you seen changes for yourself? I think for me, this conversation, if we had this conversation in February, it'd be very different because mm. at that point I was like, this is so lovely. Like if you now look <laughs> at our place on Friday night, it's just quiet. Mark and I, um, during the week, we would think about the book we would want to mm -hmm. read every um, Friday night and we would, um, like we had this lovely rhythm. We would read on Friday night, we would have someone over for brunch on Saturday and, but then I feel like, to me, I think part of, at this point, my love-hate relationship with the Sabbath yeah. is I think that is the day where you really take stock of mm. how you're doing. And very frankly, like the last two months, I have been like so tired mm. and so spent and not very in a good place. So Sabbath has not been enjoyable. Mm. I'm like annoyed every Friday that I cannot veg that night. <laughs> All I want to do when I've like gone through the week, I'm like, I have been going nonstop. Right. Like Philip got sick. We got co like all this stuff. I'm like, all I want to do when I get to the end of the week is like just hate watch something. Right. And like, just like, ugh. like <laughs> I want to waste my time the way I want to waste right. my time because I don't get to waste my time during the day. And so... But then that actually doesn't leave a good taste mm. in your mouth after you've done it. And so I would say the first two months was this lovely return to simplicity. Mm. The past month has been more of a wrestling. Mm. 
because every Friday, Saturday is when I'm like, oh, I'm not doing very well and I need to think about how how to rest mm -hmm. better because I don't think I was resting well. And rest is a word that, that verse, it's, you know, it's, it's one that I've been really wrestling with because I'm like, think I'm coming to you. I am very, very, very tired <laughs> still. Um, and like, so, so what it means when I believe in a verse, but it's, it's not just, you know, I, I come before you and I pray and I'm like, all right, I'm like ready to go again. Like I have been replenished. That's not, sometimes it does actually happen that way. That's sometimes the power of worship to me. But sometimes when there's deeper things going on, which I think there has been, deeper questions about our lives, what's next, our, you know, just bigger questions. This is the day where we have to kind of look, to me at least, I have to look in the mirror a little bit. So that's very honestly what Sabbath has mm -hmm. been like this month. But I do, as much as it's been hard, I really, really do believe in it as a very long-term <laughs> investment. Because if I don't take this day, mm -hmm to come to, you know, to have that moment where I'm like, yeah, not doing great, then I'll pass this whole year and just have this low-level unresolved unhappiness mm -hmm. that I won't come to because I'll keep on distracting myself. Sure. I'll keep on, because that is what I want to do mm -hmm. when I'm not doing great. I just want to distract, either through work or through TV or through scrolling mm -hmm. or through... I don't know, anything yeah, I can yeah, find yeah, my yeah. I'm very good at distracting right, myself. Right. And that's sort of the rule of Sabbath is not doing that. Yeah. And, and it's sometimes so beautiful, sometimes quite difficult, right. I would say. Yeah, so you're, you're actually aware then of, of your coping mechanisms or your sort of default mode then, and it makes you aware of that, and sometimes that doesn't feel great, right? It, yeah, I think yeah. I would very much say Sabbath this month or two, this past month or two has been so much about awareness. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. been being aware of uncomfortably yeah uncomfortably aware of my you know <laughs> yeah. unhealthy tendencies right, right. Well, of deeper things so that's fantastic just to kind of hit the the sort of nitty-gritty what does sabbath for you look look like for us it's friday night we try to unplug as much as we can we try to turn off our device granted this is we're doing it very imperfectly but uh so friday night to saturday night we try to have our phones off no devices and we do try to not be on screens uh and then we are try to you know watch, um, I must say watch movies, read books, <laughs> no, um, read books and be as present as we can. Uh, so w w just quickly, what does it look like for you? So ours is sort of 6 p.m. to 6 p.m. Friday to Saturday, yeah. turn off phone. Uh, well, we put it to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> um, we really, really have humanized these devices. <laughs> I put my phone to sleep, I kiss it goodnight, yeah. I sing it a song. Um, we put it away on this high shelf. Yeah. Um, and then dinner together, um, Saturday morning, we'll usually, for a long time, we, we would have a mm -hmm. brunch because we wanted to spend, we, we talked about what we would, we would really enjoy, and it was being around people. That's so every Saturday yeah, yeah, yeah. was having someone over, and then, yeah, so right. as screenless and technologyless as we could, Got it. we can manage. Yeah, I think that we're, I think, still at the point in time where it's a where it's a little bit more about like what we're removing mm. from our day rather than like what we're adding to the day to a large extent. And I think we're still trying to kind of figure out like like what is it that we like really want to do. But I think sort of step one is like removal of the thing 
uh, or things that so distract us. Mm -hmm. So I think for us, um, yeah, phone, TV, yeah. laptop, um, and and that kind of being a sort of ground level thing. And I think that does help with, I think, being more present. Yeah. Um, and I think we're trying to figure out like, well, what do we want to like insert and really lean into that then kind of like provides like the delight, right. I think. Um, part of it, I think, is, is being with people. Um, but I, I think like, even now, like that has been difficult, um, you know, like a, like three weeks ago or whatever, like we weren't at church because we came down with COVID. Well, everyone except for Philip. Um, somehow, I don't know, the only person who's never been masked. Um, so, um, so, you know, there, there's kind of that kind of stuff that, you know, just like really drains you, kind of throws you off your rhythm. And, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like I, I do think that in, in the very beginning, and um, John Mark Comer talks about it in his book too, but like, <clears throat> you can't just, you can't really just like suddenly like, you know, like enter into Sabbath and just like turn it on mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, it is like a process and you do have to like actually prepare for it. Right. Um, and I think that actually sort of ties into like a broader thing around um, like resting well, like requires work, mm -hmm. requires preparation. And then ironically, like it's when we actually are so tired that like we're not able to like prepare like adequately for us ourselves to rest that we then do the stuff like vegging in front of the TV and just like watching Netflix for like four hours mm -hmm. that then like leaves you like feeling even more drained but like you didn't, you never had the kind of the energy to begin with to um, actually like do the, some of the stuff that actually like requires like a little bit of concentration mm -hmm. or requires a little bit of effort that actually leads to more rest. And so yeah. I think there's like a great irony in, um, yeah, the fact that our sort of default modes and coping mechanisms that are like so easy to do, like often leave us mm -hmm. um, even more tired. Yeah. And the things that actually like give us rest in a proper way kind of require work and require active effort. Yeah. Well, that brings us to a point, and Stephen, I want you to come on this, because you mentioned boredom, right? And, and how our default our modes are kind of to try to fill empty space. But you, said, you made a great point in the sermon series about how pressing into boredom and not filling that space is actually pretty important. Yeah, so, so it's, it's Sherry Turkle, actually, who's a MIT professor yeah. who's been dubbed the, the conscience of the tech industry, and, and she... Um, she, she's the one who says, you know, you, you, you need this, this boredom mm -hmm. um, in order to have intimacy. And, and it's for all the things you've been saying about being able to be in touch with yourself. Um, and, and then from that boredom also comes not just being in touch with yourself, but you, your imagination and your creativity. And, and then we can give that to each other. Um, but, but if we're not in touch with ourselves, what have I got to give to you? You know, mm -hmm. how, how can I give myself to you? Uh, and so she says, you know, you, you, you need boredom for intimacy and creativity. And, and I think she's, she's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I found that to be really interesting. Yeah, yeah actually, that brings up, um, uh, makes me think of a conversation I had uh, with uh, someone recently. I had reached out to uh, a contact of mine um, to ask about like any folks who are in you know like high level like executive roles at a public company uh, who also kind of you know are, are living like very much by um, kind of like this idea of of, of resting and 
um, trying to kind of live according to, you know, like a Christian worldview and, and, and those sorts of things. And so I actually spoke with this gentleman recently. And part of my question was like, you know, I, I've been, for those who don't know, I've been working for myself for the past two and a bit years. Um, and so the entire time that we've been practicing Sabbath, I've been working for myself and I haven't had to like, you know, run this past a boss or anything like that. And I'm in the process of thinking about maybe going back in-house again at a company and I'm asking uh, this public company CEO, like, how do I like make the case or how do I bring up like the fact that like, hey, so I'm just going to be like, not available from 6 p.m. on Friday to 6 p.m. on Saturday. Like, like, how is that even like possible? And like, how do you sort of make a case for doing that? And and and, and how do you sort of integrate that into a kind of you know, like interview process, right? Um, and not like immediately have yourself like taken out of the running or something. And he was saying that <clears throat> like his recommendation, and I think is actually one that resonated a lot with me, and actually ties into the point around uh, kind of boredom, is that. Um, and I think, you know, he's not, I think, just saying this, but, it, you know, presumably experiencing this himself, too, but uh, kind of hammering home, like, for him, he was like, you need to make a business case for it, like, this is a business that you're working for, mm. um, and, uh, but as a, if you are, like, interviewing for a C-level role, it's going to be a strategic one, like, being able to unplug and to, like, allow yourself to, you know, be bored potentially, um, like that sort of environment where you're not distracted by your phone all the time is like what allows you to do like creative, long-term strategic yeah. thinking. Yeah, yeah I, I agree being, with like, that, yeah. Distracted like all the time and being yeah. their attention pulled this way and that way. And of course, like with kids, like there's always going to be distractions anyhow, but um, that was something that actually like resonated with me uh, because I was like, oh yeah, like I think this is something that you know, it is both like good for people, but then allows me like in a professional context to actually like be like a better yeah. worker too. Yeah. And, and I think that's right across the board. I mean, I, for me, it's writing, right? And, and there's so many times in the, in, the, in the context of writing where Julia said, I think you just stop trying to push through, just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and I don't want to, but, but then I do. And then, and then it becomes, and then it, uh, that's when it comes. I mean, it's something like, oh, I know what to do now. But, but yeah. if I hadn't stepped away, it would never have happened. Yeah. Yeah. I've also there. There's a a writer uh, who was commenting on this. She's a novelist, uh, and I can't remember her name now. But she was saying how important it is when she starts a new project for her to just go off all social media and rest in in a place of sort of insecurity because she's gone off grid. But that that what she that's just vital to the the next project. So she's never going to reengage with with reality essentially unless she goes through that. Unless she totally enters into a space of. Um, of boredom, yeah, uh, it's really interesting. Um, so there's just a few more points that, that, that I want to hit on. Uh, you know, we we talk about boredom, and but then we also uh, we talk about kind of Sabbath from Friday to Saturday. I just want to point out that at Trinity Heights, we're not Sabbatarians. We don't sort of legalistically uphold the Sabbath. This is more of a place of of true delight and rest in a world that is just constantly. Uh, pushing for hyper efficiency and um, productivity, and we understand that that we're not going to answer to that and, value and, and actually yeah. what, what it is is that Jesus invites us into his Sabbath, which is actually yeah. this thing that spills over into every day of the week in the right. world of creation, and so the, 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 the day of rest is just a tool, one of the tools yeah. in the toolbox of how to enter into that, that um, Sabbath in, in the rest of life. Yeah. Uh, we are trying to like figure out like, how do we not like be like too legalistic about our phones as well. Like yeah. the, 
the point is to like if you think about like the spirit of what we're trying to do, it's like not distract ourselves. Mm -hmm. But yeah. like you know, yeah. we don't want to kind of do stuff like if if you know, we need to kind of communicate with people to like, meet with them on like for brunch. Then like for us to just like say like you know we're not going to use this. Like it feels like it's actually working against the spirit of what we're trying to do, yeah. delighting yeah. another yeah. presence. And, yeah. um, and then actually uh, going back to the conversation that I was just talking about with this. Uh, uh, this other gentleman, um, you know, he was kind of also reminding me, like, hey, sometimes, like, you are going to need to, like, do something. Like, they're, like, and, and he was specifically, you know, citing uh, Jesus talking about, like, hey, like, if your, um, if, if your ox, like, falls into a well or a ditch or whatever, like, get it out. Yeah. Yeah. If your friend's in a bind, you can help them out. And that story being told, you know, like, when he was healing on the Sabbath, right? Um, like, oh, like, how could you do such a thing? And so I think it was, that was actually a helpful reminder for me, even though, like, it's a story that I'm familiar with, to be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, like, I, I, there are things um, that I also need to be careful about to kind of not yeah. veer yeah. too much into, like, like adhering to the rule in such a, like, a strict yeah. way that I kind of forget about, like, mm. but because, because then, then Sabbath does just get confined to that one day, and it becomes that, that, uh, that one, and then there's only that. And actually, what Jesus wants to do is it just bleed into everything. And it becomes all about you, right? And it becomes, yeah, yeah. My protected space of, of rest and yeah, tranquility, yeah. which I don't think it's about at all. Uh, before we move on, I think it's really important because you have Mia and Philip uh, that we talk about Sabbath for kids and for, ch for children. Because I remember as a child thinking Sabbath just sucked, you know, like I was just, and it was more, maybe more of a legalistic approach. But I do think that it, John Mark Comer in the book talks about how he how him and his wife communicate Sabbath delight to their three kids, uh, and they they all get together on Friday night. They bake a giant cookie, and then they dump a tub of ice cream on it, and then they just all eat it together with spoons. And and, and he he says in the book, um, for our kids, uh, Sabbath delight is sugar. And. <laughs> um, he, he says sugar, I say the zoo. The zoo, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and we really do have a zoo membership, and we really, our ritual is to walk through the park every week, and, and more, more often than not, we'll pop into the zoo, yeah. and we'll spend 10 minutes in there. Yeah. And, we'll, and, and I'm just thinking, for, for, for imagine if a child's, and child said Sabbath, oh, that means I get to say hello to the red panda and see the, <laughs> and see the, see the, the seals being fed or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. Then there's that sense of it becomes associated with delight, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. How is it with with me and uh, I think this is definitely an area we're still working on because uh -huh. right now I don't think she enjoys Sabbath because that's when <laughs> she'll request songs and I'll be like sorry we don't use phones she's like then can I listen to the story and I'm like no uh, like there's a there's a story like a a podcast story that she like she really likes listening to sometimes I'm like no we don't use our phones at all um, so she's always she'll always be like. Mommy, is Sabbath over yet? And I'm like, yeah, like this, is, this is definitely not like coming across as a... But so we're trying to... So we're starting Sabbath to... Is, Sabbath evening is the evening that uh, Mia gets to be put to bed by Mara, though. Yeah, so we're trying to put things in place. So then she'll be like, oh, it's Sabbath. Mommy can take me to sleep. Because that's usually a... a I put Philip dead. Mm -hmm. So little things... It's something we're being thoughtful about right now, so you can check back with us. But it's definitely something. As we hear her, we'll be like, "Oh, this is not this is not yeah. working right now," because the delight piece is missing. I think. Yeah. For I mean, Philip's like all days are the same to Philip. Right. Um, but yeah, we do really want to. You know, I've been thinking about. I love the idea of 
lighting candles mm. at the beginning because candles to me are so like they're such a lovely symbol because it's just you know it's it's the wax melting it's the fire flickering it's the warmth it's there's just so much there I mean it's a tiny thing but I, I'm trying to lean into symbols right now too because I feel like that's another thing you know everyone's so afraid of like being legalistic so we've like we dump everything out um, at, at least in terms in my upbringing I feel like we like don't want to you know go too far with it anything so we don't do anything but I've, I'm trying to actually bring some symbols back into our lives because I think it can be such a beautiful thing when it's not, you know, used in a heavy guilt-inspiring, well, I don't know if you inspire guilt, guilt-inducing guilt thing. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I mean, just candle lighting reminds me of, of sort of a joyful sacred space that you could create for the kids. And if yeah. they're, if they're and involved. And Mia loves candles. Yeah, she loves it. I thought of it. Yeah. yeah? That's a great question. Um, for me, it's just that I work on Sundays uh, with the church. I think also, I think before the beginning of the week, it's just, it's harder to relax the day before Monday, I find. Um, and so for us, Friday to Saturday feels more... Um, and I also, I don't know, again, kind of going back to tradition, Sabbath actually historic well i mean if you go historically like days of the week yeah. like who knows how that really played in but you know um just sort of looking at jewish tradition and all that stuff it is off so i think that was part of where we were taking well, our that was interesting for, Could, sorry go ahead for me it's monday so monday yeah right no but but i, I did like what you talked about how um a historically sabbath starts in the evening so we tend to think of our days starting in the morning and it's all about us but actually sabbath forces you to rest uh, and to basically turn off your brain and become vulnerable right at the beginning of the day. And, and then the Hebrew day starts with evening and there right. is morning the first day. And there's evening and morning the second day. So yeah, it always starts. Evening, morning, evening, yeah. morning. The yeah. repetition so of it that. starts with us going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's worked fairly well, I think, actually. Do yeah, you guys like it? Are you going to stick with the Friday to Saturday thing? Yeah. I think so. I mean, I think it's one of those things where, you know, as I've been thinking about... Um, uh, you know, if I end up taking a new job also, like, mm -hmm. there's also a question of, like, well, depending on, like, what that job is, like, you know, mm -hmm. I think the, you know, one mentor was saying, like, yeah, like, I think the important thing is that you take a day, mm -hmm. um, and if a job, you know, like, that of a pastor requires you to work, you know, uh, like, weekends actually are sort of, like, the crunch time, right. then Monday actually making a lot of sense, and I think, I think most pastors I know who do take a Sabbath, like, kind of in a more formal way, I think, do take it usually on Monday, right yeah. after yeah. the, the yeah. big Sunday. So, like, yeah. th there is something, you know, to... Uh, there's an aspect of it, of course, just that, like, where you think about, like, what works for you and mm -hmm. your family as opposed yeah. to there kind of being, like, a yeah. one, one size fits all. Right, right. right. I kind of want to explode the conversation out, and we're going to wrap up this group discussion uh, so that we can open up the, um, the discussion to everyone. But... Um, We've been talking a lot about how Sabbath affects us and our families, but there is this idea of Sabbath justice that we talked about, and that's 
the outward-facing view of Sabbath. And Stephen, I wondered if yeah, you could talk about that. So, so the justice side of, of Sabbath comes out a lot in this, you know, there's the Sabbath, and mm -hmm. then there's a Sabbath year every seven years, and then there's the Jubilee, mm -hmm. which is like Sabbath times Sabbath times Sabbath, mm -hmm. or seven times seven times seven, and you, right. you, you or you, you, so every 50th year you're meant to, the, the debts are canceled, the, the land is allowed to rest, the slaves are set free. Um, and so this is very much about, not just about me making sure I get my rest, but making sure that creation itself and all the humanity itself is able to enter into that kind of rest. So, um, I, you know, the, the couple of things that I could highlight from, I guess, last week, and, yeah. and, and there, there may be ways in which, well, well, first of all, if you are in, in a position at work where you are actually calling the shots and setting the, creating this culture, I think as, as Jesus followers, we want to create a culture at work where people know that they are allowed to go and take their vac they're expected to take their vacation, and they're expected to, to rest in the evenings and, 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 and their day off, you know, that, that, that sort of just, just is what we do at, at, at this, you know. Um, and, and then the other thing I think is to, um, it, this is slightly more, it can be more awkward, but I think there's ways of doing it where we, we'll know people who can't make ends meet without working every hour God sends, right? Mm -hmm. they, they've got to keep the lights on, they've got to pay the rent. So is there a way that we can actually subsidize those friends' income so that they can actually afford to take a, a, a full day of, of rest? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's a, I, I found that to be incredibly kind of revolutionary because... Uh, then we really are sort of taking responsibility for, for the people in our lives and the people around us. And I think it's really incredible. Hi, Mia. <laughs> uh, Mark and Mar, any, uh, any comments on Sabbath justice before we wrap up? Yeah, the one thing I was thinking about is I feel like when you're not, when you're just going, 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 and you don't stop, it's very hard to really think about other people because you're so wrapped up in your own preservation, your work and all of that stuff that without stopping, I find it very hard to, because it, it's, it's the kind of, of like resting takes work. I think loving people also takes work um, and it takes time. And I think it, part of, I do find with this year, I have become more, until we started doing this, I would say my typical feeling is just one of drowning. <laughs> 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 um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. And I, I think with this year, I have been a lot more thoughtful about other mothers of young children because this is obviously now something I feel very strongly about of how, how hard this, you know, very specific time period of children being utterly dependent on you is. And this has been a few months of me being much, much, much more invested in other um, mothers. Um, so that I think has been a way that has very, this has been one, I think one of the things that has organically come out of it. A lot of the things we've been doing about our Sabbath has been very intentional, but I would say this has been something that has flowed from stopping and thinking and just being like, oh wow, I feel drowning, but I know so many mothers of young children who have even more circumstance, like more difficult circumstances they're facing, kind of, you know, when you're able to rest, you just think of people who can't. So that, I think, has been a thing that I've been very mindful of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, great. Mark, any quick comments on Sabbath justice? I think, yeah, just mainly that um, uh, this one, I think, exhortation um, 
from this one book, um, specifically kind of geared towards like entrepreneurs and, and leaders um, who are Christians to, uh, yeah, not just rest yourself, but make rest possible for everyone under your sphere of authority. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that once again being something I'm, I'm thinking a lot about now in this sort of like place of kind of career transition that I'm in and that kind of being one of the things that I'm also assessing, you know, uh, in the interview process, it's sure it's, you know, a company interviewing me, but then I'm also interviewing the company too. And then I'm kind of gauging like, is this uh, an environment, a culture that I think is going to be, you know, conducive to me being able to kind of work the way that I want to work and, and that I believe is like a, you know, a, a, a better way to work. Um, and I think there'll likely be many cases where that's probably not the case. Um, and, you know, there'll have to be kind of a, a, a conversation around like, well, if that's not, then like maybe I'm not, you know, the right person for you, right? Right, so. right. right. Uh, finally, uh, Stephen, I wanted you to just comment on human limits. You, you ended the, the series with a sermon on how we really do embrace these uh, it, within the uh, mindset of the Sabbath. So I just wondered if you could say a few things. Yeah, and um, for, for me, actually, it has been really, really helpful just to have some time of de devotional time in the week where it, you just, you, you read those passages mm -hmm. uh, which talk about our, our finite, limited, time-bound lives and the eternal, limitless, unbound God. Mm. And, and, then, and, the, and the more you meditate on that, the more you, you can sort of start to enter into that space. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah, great. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us this morning, Mark and Mara and Stephen, really appreciate it.